Hello, Merry Podmas, everybody. It's day 13, unlucky for some, but not unlucky for you listeners, as we have got a belter of an episode coming up. The 13th letter is M, and I must say this one is absolutely stacked with quality. I couldn't do it myself. I've got a very special guest in Chris Collins from Four Mank One Toffee on the episode today. How are you doing, Chris? Not too bad, mate. Thank you very much for uh, for inviting me on. Yeah, it is stacked. I was looking at players before with them, and it's a, it's just a litany of players, basically, a loads to choose from. Yeah, realistically, this should, this should be a top twenty. Like, there's no other letter I think like this. I, I think you picked a good one. Uh, to come on for and, and talk about, or maybe a bad one, because there's so much quality that nailing it down to five is very, very difficult. But I don't know if you had any honourable mentions. You probably had about 100. But is there any in particular that stand out? Uh, I'll say this now, because I'll get out of the way. There's, there's going to be some very upset people because right, of some of the emissions. I'm very biased when I do these lists. I, I kind of go off like not just who's the best in history, but obviously who who's made the biggest impression on me as a football fan. So yeah. I, I'll tell you this now for nothing, Maradona's not in mine. <laughs> wow, wow. That is a big call. Yeah. Um I know I know you know Gav Mack. Yeah. Uh, and he's done a couple of these and he he doesn't put in players that he's not seen live. I think to be fair, Maradona probably would he would have watched him, um but yeah, I, I know that you rate certain players because you was on our 50th episode, uh, and there was a few, a few old school players in there. I won't give any away because one or two of these might make an appearance. But yeah, I, I think if I'm going to pick an honourable mention, just one, I would probably go with Stanley Matthews. Yeah, you just fair. wouldn't see it these days. Someone playing till 50 in, in the top league. I know they do it in, in Japan still a fair bit, but. Yeah, in the equivalent of the Premier League back then, it's it's hard to imagine, and they didn't have substitutes either. Uh, so he was he was doing the full ninety every game. So that's my one. But if we crack on to your number five, oh, you know what? It was difficult to put these at number five because I've kind of gone neck and neck with four and five. But by a smidgen, my number five is Mr. Claude Makélélé. And okay. Put Claude McAuley in there just because, obviously, I agree with Gav to a, cer- to a certain degree. You, you've got to see a player live, like I say, and, and it's the impression that they make on you individually as a football fan. I think that's one of the most important things about picking lists like these. And Claude McAuley, I mean, what a player. Hated him at the time when he was at Chelsea, first come over to the Premier League. Obviously, they had a very successful career up to that point anyway. When he first came over to Chelsea, I mean, for me, in that 4 5 season, he... He was the player for Chelsea. He was the one that that made them the team that they were. He, he was just outstanding. So much so that he, that that role, that central defensive midfielder role, still known to some people as the Makalele role. He, he was just that good at it. He was all over the place, all over you like a rash. If he was man marking, you, he'd, he'd be going home and sleeping in your bed with you at night. 
His passing was brilliant. His distribution was brilliant. His tackling was ferocious but fair. I, I, I can't say enough good things about him. He's just such a good player and a very underrated player as well because, he, you know, he wasn't a goal scorer. He wasn't a flashy one. But yeah, he was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. He's an absolute legend of a player. Look, to have a position named after you, you've got to be something special. So I, I never played defensive mid, but I had a nickname growing up, which was jack uh, which... <laughs> yeah, it was a little tribute to the man himself. So yeah, I think any other letter I've got him I've got him on my top five, but he just misses out. So my number five is someone that played in his position at times, sometimes a bit more forward, sometimes a bit more backwards. He, he kinda of played everywhere. It's Lothar Matthias. Yeah. Probably one of the greatest German players of all time. I think if you're building like the perfect football player for a midfielder this guy has got to be right up there. He's literally a Swiss army knife of a player. can do everything. And his CV is ridiculous as well. Like He's got a number of World Cup records on appearances and wins and things like that. And yeah, one of the few German players that's won a World Cup and a Euros as well. And one of the three uh, sort of German stars that went over to Inter Milan in the late 80s. AC Milan got all the the Dutch players and integral with the German ones and they had a nice little rivalry and yeah, just the guy could do anything, play with some of the greats but always seemed to be the best player on his team, even so. And yeah, to to be world class for the best part of twenty years as well, that's that's crazy. So he is in at number five. Can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah, he's um if only players like him were round these days there's not many that that sort of player's dying a dying breed a little bit yeah he was he was an outstanding i mean he's he was the longevity of his career really because like obviously he bossed it particularly night night when he won the world cup west germany but he was world's best player i mean he won he won the ballon d'Or. well i, I don't know if it was called the ballon d'Or back then but he won the, the, the best player in the world at the time i think he i think it was a 1990 world cup but then he was still around like you know 10 years later like one of my favourite memories is seeing him fuming at the side of the pitch after he'd been subbed off in the 99 final obviously good memories for me as a United fan but he's just around for so long at the top of his game like yeah it's hard to argue with him being a being one of the greats yeah yeah definitely so who, who have you got at number four I've gone for another German mate but um, again another sort of present day one um, someone who's actually still playing and still you know, arguably near close to the peak of his powers. Thomas Mueller, Thomas Mueller for uh, good old Bayern Munich. He's what? How old is Thomas Mueller? He's probably only about 33 now, which just is mad to me because it feels like he's been around for 45 years. But you can't argue with the guy's career, the guy's talent. He's, he's played in so many different Bayern Munich teams. He's played so many different roles across that front line. He's always been a goal scorer. He's don't get me wrong, like not the most prolific. He's probably like a one in three, one in four kind of player, but he's just got everything as as a centre forward that that you want. And most impressively for me, is just how intelligent he is as a footballer. And he's he's been when you think of talking about longevity, when you think about Thomas Müller, think of how many successful Bayern and German teams that he's been a part of. It's insane when you look at his list of like individual and and collective honours for for club and country. He's just a, a fantastic footballer. I don't think he gets near anywhere near the credit he deserves. I, I really don't. He's, he's certainly one of the best German footballers I've ever seen. 
So yeah, Thomas Mueller at number four. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's another one. He can sort of play anywhere across the front line and do a job. And he he's got that typical German sort of hard working style as well. And I, I was pretty sure that he was going to be the top scorer in World Cup history. Like I think his first couple of World Cups, he was amongst the top scorers at both of those despite not being the furthest forward player. And, yeah, he's just... I think he's maybe a little bit underrated because of his personality as well. He's a bit of a a bit of a joker. People maybe don't take him that seriously. But, yeah, he, he probably gives them all a little bit of a full sense of security. And, yeah, when he's on the pitch, he is lethal. He is a killer. So, yeah, I've got a similar number four in that they share the same surname. And you said Thomas Muller feels like he's been around for about 45 years. This guy was around 45 years ago, uh, and that is Gerd Muller. Unfortunately, uh, he did die earlier this year in the summer. Um, yeah. He was some striker. He's a bit like Aguero, but on steroids, really. Just just a killer in front of goal. And, yeah, he had, he had pace. He had quite good strength for his, his sort of height as well. Really good in the air too. Just, just a proper marksman. Like his his goal record, again was insane. And maybe not the complete forward, but he was playing in a team where that's what you needed to be was just put the ball in the back of the net. And there was no one better at it than him in the seventies. No, he was prolific. He, you know, he really was. And up until that, he was eleven Lewandowski that broke his um, his goal scoring record in the Bundesliga recently. Yeah, this season, yeah. Yeah, what a, how long it's been going for? What a player! Just it, it puts it even in more into perspective as well how much of a a, a travesty really it is that Lewandowski didn't get the Ballon d'Or this year. Yeah, I mean that's that's a conversation for another day. But completely agree. Rob this year, Rob last year as well, and it's yeah, it's it's stuff that unfortunately people probably won't remember in twenty thirty years. No, we just Messi deserved that Ballon d'Or, and it would just be standard. But that's that's not the case as we know it. Right, so you're number three. No surprises. If I say this is one of these players that I have to include just because of how great a footballer he was, and even though I've never seen him live, I've made a, a conscientious effort over the years to to familiarise myself with him and sort of watch as much footage as as, as possibly as basically, which. It's hard, hard to get by just because of the era that he played in from, from the 50s all the way through to the 70s. Um, but Bobby Moore, put Bobby Moore in at number three. And the reason why I put Bobby Moore in is because he has to be credited with the way that he revolutionised that centre-back role. You know, he was playing in a, in a time where football was a, it was a rough game. Like, if you've ever seen, I've watched the, if you've ever seen the 1966 World Cup final, and I've watched it. I've got it on DVD somewhere. But it's on ITV um, the other month as well in full. Yeah, it's a belting game, mate, but it's completely different to how people play the game. Like, it's so rough and there's just tackles flying in and you, you're talking about really like tough men, like proper, proper hard men back then. And he sort of like distanced himself from like that typical centre-back role of it. You've got to be big, you've got to be strong, uh, you've got to be hard in the tackle, you, you've got to be first to the to the ball in the air. And he was the first centre-back, really, that sort of revolutionised and popularised getting the ball to feet and, and being a proper ball player. Like, he was the first centre-back ever where people looked at him and thought, 
oh, like, you actually have to be a footballer to, to be a centre-back. You can't just be like a, a proper vicious, you know, gnarly, horrible guy. You've actually got mm. to have some skills on the ball as well. And he was so good, like, he, he could read the game brilliantly. He just, I can't say enough good things about him. Like, he's, for someone to, to shake up that position like that and, and leave a legacy that's still around today, I mean, you can see, you can see shades of him in the Premier League now. You can see shades of him in a player like Van Dyke. Or you can see shades in, of him in a player like Harry Maguire. I know Harry Maguire is crap at the moment. But, you know, that ball-playing centre-back who, who can sort of start attacks from the back and, and read the game really well. Yeah, he's, he's a shoe-in for me. I, no surprise, number three. Yeah, very famous assist for that Jeff Hurst-Hatrick goal in the yeah. final, which sort of showed that was some pass uh, from his own was- half over the top. Yeah, it's a belter all the way from the corner, and when when people were begging him to boot the ball out as well. Yeah, and he was. I remember he was quite famous. Had a reputation for not not really getting his shorts dirty because he didn't need to really. I mean, yeah. everyone probably talks about that tackle on Pele, and it yeah, it was just so clean. And it's weird, like most most players, obviously, their highlight reels are full of goals and and assists and stuff like that. But that tackle is so. Like renowned and famous around the yeah. world, and yeah, it just kind of shows what a, what a player that he was, and you know that sort of clean tackling style. It kind of tells nicely into my number three, who I don't know if this quote is real, but he said, "If you've made a tackle, you've already made a mistake." Uh, in Paolo Maldini, excellent. And just a what? What can we say about Maldini? I've, I think he's got to be, if not the best, in the top three defenders of all time. And the fact that he did it at left-back and at centre-back, and let's be honest, he was right-footed, so he could definitely have done a job at right-back as well. Just the, the versatility on him, the way that he changed position and changed style throughout the eras, and, of course, everything that he won over the years. He must have, like, a wing of his house for the trophies. Yeah, it's just absolutely stacked, his trophy cabinet. Oh, mate, can you imagine his trophy cabinet? Be ridiculous. <laughs> be absolutely mm. insane how many trophies he's won, like individual like honours as well. You couldn't yeah. even imagine. Yeah, and the great captain as well. We did a we did a pod uh, last year on the, the greatest club captains of all time and he got a mention in that as well. Just had some really great partnerships that he built up as well. My favourite one with Nesta, um, yeah. but the one that a lot of people talk about is, although they sort of played out of position a little bit, because Maldine was a left-back for a lot of it, with, with Baresi as well uh, throughout yeah. the years. But yeah, just such a classy player. Yeah, so I can't we, fault that at all. I cannot fault you with that, mate. He's, I've, I'd actually thought him as probably the greatest defender of all time. And the only thing to add to that is longevity. Yeah, yeah, because he was, I mean, he was winning the Champions League at going on 40 years old. I think he scored in the final as well, the one that Istanbul, that, that Liverpool won. I think he got the goal in like the first couple of minutes in that one too. So, yeah, he yeah, scored to be, the first goal, yeah. Yeah, to be playing back then and, yeah, for 25 years later almost is is ridiculous. We'll see if his son can live up to expectations because they've got a nice little family tree aren't they I think the dad's dad was the manager for a bit 
Yeah, his dad, his dad was a hell of a player as well, apparently. But obviously, like, way before, uh, probably any of our time. But, um, mm. no, I, I can't fault you with that, mate. He, Maldini's actually my number two. He's okay. my number two, Maldini. For exactly that, I can't add anything else onto that. Just, just longevity. Like, he, he probably played, he probably started playing, what, the late 70s, and he, and he was playing up into the noughties, like you say. Just, uh, an, an unreal player. Like, he had everything. He had, the reading of the game, he had the ball control, he had all the attributes that you wanted as a defender, but the, the guy was an athlete as well, which obviously the proof's in the pudding just for how long he, he kept going. Yeah, I, I think he's he's got to be, isn't it, right up there. So my my number two played against Nardini for a little bit. It's Diego Maradona, famously admitted from your list. But yeah, I mean, growing up, it was always Maradona and Pele. The original Messi and Ronaldo goat debate a little bit different because they didn't directly play against each other. But yeah, I mean this guy, the stuff that he could do with the football, and it was on on rough pitches. People were kicking the shit out of him, and he was only he was only a little guy, but he was stocky. He could take it, and yeah, just just way too good for any of his teammates. Carried Argentina that 1986 World Cup. I know that the team is probably not as bad, uh, the supporting cast as, as people make out and, and it gets storied, but it still wasn't a top side. Like He he did something super special at that tournament and for that alone, I think that's got to be the, the greatest achievement in World Cup history, him dragging them to win that. And yeah, he broke the transfer fee uh, world transfer record a couple of times when he moved to Barca and Napoli yeah uh, I think he's got a good argument to be the greatest dribbler of all time as well oh yeah absolutely like the, the Napoli one especially in that, that part of the world they absolutely adore him there it's just a shame how it all ended like because I, I think was it even 90 or the 94 World Cup where it sort of all ended quite acrimoniously for him but um, yeah 94 I think he, I think he scored against Greece, and then that that obvious that footage going up to the camera. Yeah, man, a sad end really, because what he did in what he did in '86 was, you know, yeah, he single-handedly sort of spearheaded an entire country to to a World Cup title against better teams at times. Well, like arguably collectively, I'd say when they faced us in the quarters on paper, we we should have won that game. Like, we definitely had the, the personnel to do it. But when you've got a player like Maradona in your team, anything's possible. Yeah, yeah, he was the the leveller, wasn't he, on, yeah. on those two, for sure. So, number one, I can guess who it might be. but uh, <laughs> We've most certainly got the same number one, mate. So, I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you open the floor if you want, and I'll just add on any extras. The number one, what many people call the GOAT. I'd be interested to see what you think about this, though, as a United fan. Um, but it is Lionel Messi. Just, I mean, what can we say about Messi? Oh, just remarkable, consistent greatness over 15 years. Something that we haven't seen before. You know, he's come about. A lot of people call him an alien because, yeah, they can't believe some of the stuff that, that he's done. It's like he's... He's playing real-life football, but in a video game. He's not human. Like, I refuse to believe that him and Ronaldo... Not to say... Mention Ronaldo once, because you have to. They kind of go hand-in-hand. But uh, he's just... Some of the things that he's done and that you've watched over his career, 
you just think like it shouldn't be possible for for a person to do that of a football. It just shouldn't be at all. And if you if you went and looked at a proper messy highlight reel on YouTube, what I bet you could get one for like an hour, over an hour long. Mm. Insane, insane footballer. Yeah, I've I've seen him live a couple of times, and he he sort of infamously didn't play that well against Chelsea, and I don't I don't think we'd played him yet. So I thought, oh, maybe he won't do anything against us. And he just absolutely destroyed us both times. <laughs> uh, and they were, like, they were like five years apart as well. But yeah, just just so good. Like The thing is with him, it's obviously the goals. People talk about the goals. But you could argue that he's the best passer in the world. Or, you know, at his peak. The best passer in the world. The best dribbler in the world. The best finisher in the world. Possibly the best free kick taker in the world as well. Yeah, like, it's it's mad. Yeah, just just incredible, really. But I think the goat debate thing. I don't think we're ever going to do it on this podcast. I don't know if that's actually that that interesting to talk about. But you're right. You do kind of have to mention it when you talk about Lionel Messi. I, I think it's one of those. I think I've never really got into it because I just think they're two entirely different players who who can do exactly the same things, but they just go at it from different approaches. Yeah. But I think the one thing that everyone can, or most people can, accept, unless you're like of of an older generation, stuff like the older generation, they say Pele and Maradona, obviously, and some people are even further back than, than that, or, or same era. Some people think it was George Best just because he was a joke at times. Some people think yeah. it was... Um, like you, you mentioned Stanley Matthews before, you, you've got like the, the Real Madrid side of, of, of the 50s and stuff with Di Stefano, and you can go back and back on you. I think the one thing that you can say for certain is Messi and Ronaldo are the greatest two players of all time. I don't think we've, we've ever seen anyone of, of any time or any of any era even close to, to, to what they are or what they can do. And I don't think you'll you'll see it again, or, or at least not for a very, very long time. No, no, I completely agree. And yeah, I I very much doubt we're going to see this again, like the the way that football's going. I just can't imagine it. They're just, they're just too good. And yeah, Messi's just been an absolute joy to watch at the time. But... Yeah, this this M one is a joke. Like the the amount of players that we've left out and not talked about would be going on every other letter in the alphabet for sure. Like this one is the most stacked by miles. Um, so it's very very difficult to pick a final five. Uh, and I'm glad that you took the challenge on, Chris. Oh mate, and I think you've done I'm a stellar upset. job. I'm still upset. I've not, you know. Imagine not being able to squeeze Steve Muldronkin. He must be absolutely fuming. I'm expecting calls from his rep- representatives at any point. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's a list that Steve Muldronkin can get on. Uh, I, I did do the best uncapped players, and I, I don't think he got on there either, actually. So I'm thinking his representatives will probably have a go at me for that as well. But, yeah, of course. Of course. What a player Steve Muldronkin was. Uh, but yeah, cheers for coming on, Chris. And uh, before we let you go, just let us know sort of what what you're up to, where we can find you. 
Well, uh, sadly, 4M1C is is taking a, a most certain ha- permanent hiatus because um, the five of us just can't get the time to do podcasts and stuff anymore. It's quite sad. Maybe one day, you can never say never. But um, yeah, if you want to follow 4M1C because we still piss about on Twitter, it's at we are 4M1C. If for whatever reason you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Christopher Collins. I talk lots of uh, shite basically about the football and mixed martial arts and the boxing. So yeah, holler at me over there if you want to. Sounds good. Love love a bit of talking shite about football, that's for sure. But yeah, cheers for coming on, Chris. Merry Christmas. Merry Podmas. And remember to keep it... Cheese. 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 Che